Yep, I'm ready. Recording now. Okay. Alrighty. What are we going to put pre-pod? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll... I don't know. (laughs) Maybe one of us will get attacked or something. I mean, I've got little bit right here. He'll bite me at any point. Mm-hmm. That's good. Good. I'm glad that he's he's on he's on deck for us when we need yep. him. Thank you for tuning in to Gay Space Rocks, the Steven Universe watching podcast where we watch The Owl House. My name is Brian. I use he, him pronouns. You can find me on the internet at RoomwarePod. You can find this podcast on Twitter until that site fucking burns to the ground at Gay Space Pod. With me, as always, is uh, Anya in the body of August. Hi. Hello. I'm definitely <laughs> August. Um, you can find me. <laughs> On Twitter, as the site burns at Harpydora, uh, you can find me on Tumblr as the site does what Tumblr does at Strange Harpy. Uh, my pronouns are they them. Is is Tumblr doing something? I mean, Tumblr's been hemorrhaging money for for ages, but it's still kicking. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what to make of it. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see. Cartoon news. Um, let's see. Oh, so the Super Mario movie is now the most popular, like, animated movie in the history of fucking all time, which is uh, ridiculous. Oh, geez. Or at least, the I guess, the most financially successful, like animated movie of all time which i mean i'm not terribly surprised yeah but because like yeah it hurts me that a vehicle for chris pratt is doing well yeah that's fair um let's see uh the state of florida and disney are currently locked in an eternal battle of two things that i hate fighting each other so that's pretty fun to watch yeah yeah, I I don't know. I I hate it, but I kind of want Disney to win. Oh yeah, like listen, fuck DeSantis. Um, I just, you know, it'd be nice. Like the things that DeSantis is fighting Disney over, I don't really give a fuck about for Disney. It's not like DeSantis is like coming at Disney being like, "Hey, you've like you have been uh, fundamentally uh, involved in the absolute fucking gutting of the U.S. copyright and trademark laws. Uh, we're going to take you to you know town about that. He's like, no, gay, gay's bad. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> the gays are bad. And I'm taking your train away. Says <laughs> DeSantis. <laughs> 
So. Um, trying to think. Oh, uh, didn't Nimona get like a release date or something like that? Uh, I definitely saw like something about Nimona, but I don't recall what. Uh, June 14th. It's coming out. I think that's what it was. Nice. Or maybe they released the full cast list. I think it's something like that or something like that. He says twice in a row. RuPaul is in the show for some reason. Uh, and by show, I mean movie. It's a movie, right? As far as I know, yeah. Okay, yeah. So. That'll be cool. I will watch that. Yeah. Like Nate Stevenson. Pretty cool person. <laughs> um let's see. Oh, the uh writer strike. Uh if you w- wondered where August and I, I don't know why you would uh fall on the the writer strike. Um uh we fully support it. Yeah. I didn't actually talk to August about this, but I imagine that's what August's opinion is. Yeah. This uh, this yeah. <laughs> blog is pro union. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we we've joined the war on the writer strike on the side of the writer strike. Yeah. So you know, fuck scabs. Oh yeah, uh, Discovery is bringing back fucking totally spies for some reason. Yeah, I heard about that, which is buck wild. Like there, there. Other cartoons from was it the aughts that Totally Spies was on? Yeah, yeah. There are other cartoons from the aughts that probably were more popular, but you know what? Whatever. I'm happy for uh, yeah. I just I'm happy for for the people in our Discord who are excited about it, and also for the people mm-hmm. who. Like put together that TikTok of like all of the different kinks that are present within Totally Spies. Yeah, I just I don't <laughs> know why this is happening. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm not opposed to it. I guess. Yeah. You never know. It could be interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I probably won't watch it. <laughs> I mean, I probably won't either, but it could still be interesting. <laughs> so. Um... Saw uh saw a trailer for that elemental movie coming up from Pit Disney Pixar and goddamn did that movie look unfun. Mm. What if Zootopia except that the racism metaphor was even more ham fisted? <sighs> I mean the visuals look really interesting. Like it's a nice looking movie. But I expect that from Disney Pixar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't expect it to look shitty, but like it just doesn't. I don't know. Looks real guard. Like looks real dumb from a fucking 
storytelling perspective. Um, apparently also there's like a movie called, um, Ruby Gillian call colon, uh, teenage Kraken. Okay. So it's from DreamWorks. Uh, don't know anything about that. I'm just like looking at like an upcoming thing. Uh, And then also that have you seen the trailer for that um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, Mutant Mayhem movie? I have not. I don't think I have. Um, Okay. But from everything that I've heard about people who've been talking about it, it seems like people are hyped for it. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be perfectly honest, it like looks dope. And also the the turtles are a hundred percent teenagers, which is not typically true mm-hmm. of of that show, you know, or of that franchise. Like they sound like children. Yeah. Um, but the just kind of like look at that trailer and just like click through the visual style. Like it looks cool. Okay. Also, Bebop and Rocksteady are gonna be in it, so I'm pretty Pleased about that. All right. I'm watching the trailer. Mm-hmm. From Seth Rogen. That's. Mm-hmm. Eh. Also, Post Malone's going to be in it, I guess, as a voice actor. Okay. I just really like the look of it. Yeah, it... It looks like. And even like from the trailer, like the turd, like the four turtles look like they've got a good like there's like a good energy there. Yeah. Yeah, this looks fun. It does. And like, I liked Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, but like, they also like these feel like this looks like a kid's vert. Like, it looks like they're actually making a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for children and not for adults who like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. And I think that's good. I think maybe uh, children, some things that are generally children's properties, maybe should be made for children. Yeah, I agree. And that's not to say that, like, it won't have an adult appeal. We're literally making a fucking show about cartoons here. Mm. But like, you know, it's like with Star Wars. I think we talked about this like last week on Star Wars, like what in Star Wars right now is actually aimed at kids, you know? Mm hmm. 
And I think it might just be, well, okay, there's like a Muppet Babies Jedi's show. Um, but I guess I mean more canon Star. I don't know how, how canon Muppet Babies Jedi's mm-hmm. is. Um, but like, I think just like Bad Batch is like the only cartoon aimed at kids. Over on the Star Wars side. And it's like, I don't know, this just looks fun. I like fun movies. Yeah. Like, you can definitely tell somebody saw Spider-Verse and was like, oh, shit. But it's not like, it's not 100% aping Spider-Verse's style. Like, this looks more like street art than Spider-Verse does. Like, Spider-Verse looking like, you know, comic books come to life. Mm -hmm. This looks like kind of like street art come to life. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so... Uh, anyways, uh, uh, what cartoons have you been watching, August? Uh, so Anya and I were going to do a date night at the drive-in, but, uh, the weather was inclement, so we stayed in, and, uh, I made Anya watch The Incredibles, which visually still holds up pretty well, um, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, the strong sense of the aesthetic they were going for really helps make it, you know, not age poorly. Um, but boy, howdy, is the messaging really weird to to someone who's a leftist like me? Um, yeah, but it's you mean the Anne Rand superhero cartoon didn't appeal to you? August? Yeah, I mean, I still enjoyed it like. <laughs> I do I do enjoy the the movie but yeah the messaging the 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 weird Ayn Rand superhero messaging is uh yeah Hey is it possible that we can get Brad Bird the guy who made The Incredibles and like I think still works for Pixar can we just I don't really want to see it but like in my heart I kind of do can we get like a Pixar animated The Fountainhead have I spoken a cursed thing into the world? You really have. Although, um, <laughs> I don't know that there's a market for it since they had to like kickstart. What was it? Atlas Shrugged. They ended yeah. up kickstarting because they ran out of money and it was a huge disaster. Well, they'll just like just make it with some fucking. Uh, you know, they're making this stupid elementals thing. Just, like, make it with some, like, fucking weird little guys, right? Like, don't say it's the Fountainhead, but, like, just do the Fountainhead. It would be so bad, but I bet I would watch the shit out of oh it. Oh, my God. You would. <laughs> um, but otherwise, you know, it's just the usual stream of Minecraft YouTube. Uh how is uh how does my how's Minecraft YouTube going for you? Uh it's going really well. Um one of the this one of the the mini series that I've been watching ended a couple of weeks ago. It probably ended before our last recording honestly, but I'm still thinking about it. I'm still rotating that ending in my mind incessantly because <laughs> it was, it sure was something. Um, it's uh, always, it's always interesting to me, the, the ways in which 
collaborative improvised storytelling can coalesce into a cohesive narrative uh even when you're not necessarily trying for that uh and that's you know that's one of the appeals of the the side of minecraft youtube i follow uh is just the ways you know the emergent storytelling the the emergent narratives um it's just it's all so fascinating and the fact that this silly silly little block man battle royale <clears throat> could be so emotionally affecting is it's just it's it's interesting um so i can like i can certainly see the appeal like i do like emergent like improv narrative things yeah i just don't know enough about minecraft um also speaking of battle royale i don't know if i talked to you about this do you see that the shrieking shack has switched over to the hunger games uh i did see that yes i have not listened to any of it um because i'm like podcast brain go burr um Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I did see that. And I remember seeing you mention uh, a bone to pick you had. (laughs) I'll talk about it here shortly. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that's me. So what cartoons have you been watching? Um, Most, like, we'll we'll start recent to backwards. Uh, Been watching season two of Star Wars Visions. And it's really fucking good. Like, I highly recommend just kind of, like, watching a few if you want to, because they're, like, 18 minutes, they're, like, 15 minutes long or whatever. And it looks like they they specifically tapped. So, you know, like, Star Wars Visions is like, what is Star Wars but anime, right? Okay. Um, Dad, did you watch Star Wars Visions? No. Okay. They were non-canon stories, and basically they asked, like, a bunch of, like, top uh, anime production houses to be like make us a fucking star wars short all it's gotta do is have star wars in it we don't care if it's like do you, you know it does not need to be canon right so you got some really cool stories out of that particular one like um like a former sith ronin um studio trigger had one that made no fucking sense but was just blown all the way out um there were some good things, some ones I didn't really like, but like they was overall pretty fun. This one, it looks like they got just other animation houses to make Star Wars shorts. And I don't necessarily I don't think I still think they were not given the the mandate that it has to be canon. Mm-hmm. Um, But uh, some of them feel like they could fit in canon. And I think maybe they've also extended it to be like like giving people access to this new high Republic storyline that they're, that uh, Disney is kind of developing. Um, Mm -hmm. Cause there's some stuff that feels like it could fit into there, but just like the, the breadth and depth of medium is very, very interesting. Like you have your traditional animated and 3d animated, but also there's like a, like there's at least two claymation shorts in there. Okay. One by the Wallace and Gromit people. Okay. Um, it's pretty good. It's pretty fucking good. I'm liking it quite a goddamn bit. Uh, and they're not like a lot of the ones from uh, 
most of the ones from season one were these like good triumphing over evil stories. These ones are a little like there's a lot more of like people falling to the dark side in this particular set, too, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's fun. Um, been listening to the Shrieking Shack since they started uh, fucking the Hunger Games. I like it. I do just wish like we're out of there now, like they're out of the I think they they're they're through chapter six or something like that. At this point, they're reading like two chapters at a time because Hunger Games is a pretty fucking peppy book when it comes to chapters. Mm-hmm. Um, And I just like when they were in District 12, right? Like they're like, why is this and why is that? I'm like, literally just read anything about fucking coal mining town. It's not. like she's not making stuff up i know it seems ridiculous but like she's literally pulling from like actual company towns you know Mm -hmm. like that's what district 12 is supposed to be it's supposed to be a coal mining company town like it as a person who lived i don't live in an ex coal mining town but i live in a company town like the or i guess Sort of like the city next to me, Alcoa, is named after the American Aluminum Company <laughs> that was here, you know. Uh, who changed their name to Arconic. Um, but. Uh, just that that was mostly my beef of being like, yes, I know it sounds ridiculous, but please. It is rooted in history. <laughs> mm-hmm. Please just. Just Google Appalachia. Please. Because that's obvious, like, that's where District 12 has to be in, like, basically West Virginia, you know, like from the descriptions and all of that jazz. Yeah. Like, District 12 has to be in West Virginia. And because they, like, specifically talk about, like, oh, uh, it's ridiculous that, like, you know, the evil corp, like, the evil government, when Katniss's dad is, like, vaporized in a mining accident, like, gives the family like one month of severance or what have you. And I'm like, that's, that's what happened. Your whole, your, like your husband dies and they're like, here's a month of severance. Go with God. Right. Like. It's the, it's supposed to be like a, it's not. The idea is not that like part of it's like the cruelty for the cruelty's sake, but also part of it is like, so the company can pretend that they're still good people. You know what I mean? It's part of their own self-indulgent lie. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways. Uh, weird. <laughs> Um, let's see. What else? Oh, I went and saw the Guardians of the Galaxy. How was that? Uh, the third one. It's pretty good, actually. Like it quite a bit. Okay. Yeah, that was um, that was what Anya and I were going to go see at the drive-in before we got rained out. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. I like it a lot. Um... Tells a good story, really like it. James Gunn really put a cap on it, mostly because a lot of the actors do not want to come back. (laughs) 
Um, I think in particular, like Dave Batista and Karen Gillian just do not want to reprise their characters uh, if James Gunn is not involved. That's fair. Um, also, I don't like I don't know if the story was written this way or like what is up, but really feels like Bradley Cooper did only one to work like a day and a half. Because like Rocket Raccoon is in the beginning of the movie, is knocked out, and then it comes back at the end. <laughs> wow. Though the story is about him. Uh, you get a lot of Rocket Raccoon flashbacks. Um, the guy who plays the high evolutionary does a really good job. Really good bad guy. Um... Just overall, really good, just good movie. Builds on all of the things that James Gunn has done with those characters. So. Um. Let's see. I think that might be it of all the big stuff. Um, did I talk about the Dungeons and Dragons movie last time? Uh, I don't think you did. Okay. So I saw the Dungeons and Dragons movie as well when Jade was up here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty good. I like it. Um, it's a goddamn shame that that movie will not get a sequel. Oh, I think I did. I think I talked about its abysmal box office. Because it may like it had a budget of like a hundred and twenty five million. Somewhere in that ballpark, and then you've got to tack on like usually you kind of basically double that for advertising. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you like put another one of it on top of it, like for advertising. And uh, when I had Googled it at the time. And that movie had been out for a hot minute when we went and saw it. It had made like a hundred and thirty thousand dollars, a hundred and thirty million dollars worldwide. Yeah, that's that's a shame. I've heard it's really good. We just, mm-hmm. I don't feel it's on streaming already. Where? Uh, but, but 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 I think you might can rent it. Yeah, we tried to rent it from uh YouTube, but it was twenty dollars to rent. Which uh, is a little a little much for me at the moment. Um, uh, it will hit Paramount Plus on May sixteenth. Rip. I mean, if it's already streaming online, I bet you I know where somewhere you can get it. August. Yeah, your your other uncle at Paramount. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Uh. Yeah, I just I don't feel comfortable going to the theater here in Atlanta because yeah. it's going to be crowded and yada, yada, yada. You can actually you can buy it straight up and down off of Amazon for 20 bucks. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. So. Um. It's it's a fun little movie. 
Um, my favorite thing is I was watching Chris Pine doing an interview and he's like, yeah, my character doesn't do any of the action scenes. So like while everybody's have to do these like rigid fucking uh, like um, fitness plans and shit to get into shape and like going through all these action scenes. Like I'm just like, I'm just fucking chilling. I'm having drinks. I'm eating. It's a great. I love this fucking movie. Oh, my God. Uh, so it's very good. Um. All right. Well, oh. let's. Oh, Cartoon oh. news. Oh. Okay. Uh, or at least something that I think I heard. Uh, in a tweet from like Variety, maybe. So I think it's. I think it counts as cartoon news. Evidently, Andor is resuming production in spite of the writer's strike. So that's fun. Yeah, that's super chill. Yeah, I'm pleased about that. Yeah. I did see that. Also, apparently, uh, tabletop RPG Twitter's on fucking fire for some goddamn reason. Yeah, I so, I can't even piece together what happened. Um, I think I saw somebody give it like a TLDR about it is like Watsi gave a fucking award to somebody who turned out to and in that the press release, it was revealed that that person is like an active U.S. military strategist. And then all of the Watsi side of like TTRPG creators, like a lot of the influencers on that side were bending over backwards to be like, and I support the troops sort of situation. Mm. Fun. Um, the so, I mean, it, it, and it's also caused like this weird backlash and it's just like listen uh, like i don't give a fuck if you were previously in the military as long as you're not a fuck as long as like you understand what your role was you know like i come from an extremely poor state and a lot of times like it is pitched like military recruiters will basically prey on people in my economic like strata mm-hmm. um so you're not like a fucking monster for being desperate and wanting a paycheck and a better life, right? Um, U.S. military strategist guy probably is, in fact, a big piece of shit. So fuck him. Like, there's one thing to be in, in like, being a rank and file soldier and another being like a fucking strategist. Yeah. Um, But. uh. And like, you know, also fuck the U.S. military, like, you know, imperialist war machine or what have you. But it's just like. A lot of white people on Twitter talking about the global south is never bad, is never good, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So. Yeah. Just. And I mean, God, I love like, frankly, this is why I still am on Twitter, just watching all kinds of dumb bullshit burn down. Oh, also, did you see that Kotaku um, fucking post like made an entire article about like Breath of the or uh, Tears of the Kingdom leaks and every Disney sick of or not Disney, but it's the same thing. Nintendo sycophant like lost their mind at Kotaku. No, I didn't see that. It's very funny because like fuck Kotaku. I hate like, you know, whatever. Right. I got no particular. (coughs) Um, 
love for Kotaku or anything like that. But they were blacklisted by fucking um uh they were blacklisted by Nintendo, which is total bullshit that Nintendo gets to do that uh to a free press. Um but they've been blacklisted by Nintendo for fucking ever. So they don't get anything from them. And uh there were like a bunch of leaks about Tears of the Kingdom and they just fucking uh they leaked all the fucking uh they just leaked all of like they they published like stuff about the leaks about like features that were going to be in the game and everything. And uh some Nintendo guy made a tweet about it and then all of the Nintendo fanboys lost their mind. It's like Hey, guys, you know, the billion dollar corporation doesn't need your fucking like protection. <laughs> yeah. They'll be OK. Ugh. Ugh, indeed. And the only good. Game also, site- I mean, Nintendo also sued that guy into like b- literally ruined a man's life. Yep. Indentured servitude. Hell yeah. And the only good game site is going to be gone soon, so that's cool, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, that that's happened while we've been gone. Waypoint is dead. Thanks, Vice. The one consolation is at least everybody's getting severance. Yeah. I I hope they go fucking like the route of next lander or something. I just I just need Waypoint Radio to continue in some form. I need it. Like it's one of the major things that keeps my like week moving. Yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to be bereft. Mhm. I how like I need to know what stupid thing Rob Zachney spent money on this week. I know. Also, I've only like Renata's a new friend. I want more of Renata. Especially because I I loved uh I loved the the trans joke that she made that Rob was like, am I allowed to laugh at this? I love I love that like Rob's like I under- I love that apropos of nothing Rob was like I did Renata I want you to know that I did get your joke and I just didn't know I pa- I deer in the headlights about it uh <laughs> it's like that's a- so this is real allyship right yeah like <laughs> uh, we should probably well let's talk, talk about fucking this body swap episode yeah well I mean we've got. We've got one episode between us and the body swap episode, but yeah, let's uh, let's talk about the show that we're supposed to be talking about. Yep, this week we are covering episodes seven and eight of The Owl House. Um, Once Upon a Swap and Something Ventured, Someone Framed. Uh, episode, uh, oh wait, is, that, is it eight and nine? Oh, my bad, sorry, eight and nine, not seven and eight. I got my numbers off. Um, I thought it was seven and eight. No, it's apparently eight and nine. Uh, then what was seven? Have we fucked up? 
<laughs> is the order that okay so we watched a lie a, a lying witch and a warden yeah and wizards which is before wizards yeah then we watched i was a teenage abomination and the intruder yeah then we watched uh Oh, I watched the wrong episodes. Oh. <laughs> Rip. <laughs> I wa- I watched uh I watched 8 and 9 and not 7 and 8. <laughs> oh, let me take a look at this real quick. Oh, I did watch this. Oh, I fucked myself. What did you do? I watched this and then I was going to watch the episode the next day, but then didn't because like my week got real weird last week. And then I just I just went from the I forgot that I had watched this and just went from the continue and watched two episodes of the Owl House on Disney Plus. Ah, so I did watch this. Okay, good. Okay, well, great. Sweet. Anyways, uh. Fuck, you guys didn't hear anything. Um, (laughs) Episode 7 of The Owl House, Lost in Language, uh, air date April, or nope, nope, February 28th, 2020. Um, It was written by uh, Zach Marcus, Rachel Vine, and Dana Terrace. uh, Directed by uh, Amitar Diwali. Sorry, Couldn't, couldn't process there for a second. Synopsis, while checking out the library, loses pranks lead to unintended consequences. That is, like, not true, really? Yeah, that's... I mean, there's definitely unintended consequences, Mm -hmm. but I... I don't really... I don't really think Luz was the one responsible primarily here. Yeah, and also, her she didn't really prank... Like, her pranks didn't lead to unintended consequences. It was later in the day when they were, like, wandering through the Enchanted Library, which wasn't really a prank, I feel like. Well, anyways, the, we'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> um, Plot synopsis. Luz, Eden, King, uh, find a baby bat at the doorstep. There's a note from the Bat Queen, the wealthiest demon in the Boiling Isles, being like, take care of my fucking kid and I'll pay you. And, um, uh, Luz is like, oh, can I help take care of the baby? And he's like, no, I've got you to, you need to go return these 800 million fucking library books that I've had checked out forever. Um, the baby turns out to be a terror and Luz, uh, artfully dodges this and goes to the magical library. Uh, unsurprisingly, uh, Luz has a phenomenal time in the, uh, the demon library because it's, uh, all weird and magical. There, she finds Amity, who is reading to children and showing, like, a very different side of herself being extremely caring and, uh, nurturing to these kids. Um, and this is also where Ida, or not Ida, Luz meets Amra and Edric, uh, Amity's twin older siblings. Uh, they are like, yeah, Amity's uh, a bit of a, like, Amity can be a lot sometimes. Uh, and then Amity's, um, Amity catches uh, Luz, gives her the cold shoulder again. Uh, Luz is trying to be friendly. Uh, oh, sorry, I got everything out of order. I was thinking of the next episode we'll see in the library here. <laughs> um, but Amity tells her to uh, leave her alone. 
um, stating that every time Luz is around, she ends up getting Amity in trouble. Uh, it's soon after this that Amity meets, or that Luz meets Amity's older siblings, uh, who invite her to come have some fun around the library. They do a bunch of fun little pranks, um, which eventually gets Amity even madder at Luz, um, and the uh, older siblings are like, hey, uh, there's going to be some weirdness going on here at the library later tonight. You want to come uh, hang out with us, these cool older teens? And Luz is like, fuck yeah, I do. Uh, meanwhile, uh, shit is getting real weird at the Owl House. <laughs> um, King and Ida are desperately trying to take care of this little baby bat, um, but it is not going extremely well um she begins trying to like take care of the baby um and this is when uh Luz finally returns home and sees Ida sort of like motherly uh being extremely motherly all of a sudden uh but then the baby multiplies into three bat babies to start to wreak havoc around the house uh Luz is like okay fuck this noise and bounces um this storyline is eventually resolved in Ida and King uh, actually taking care of the kids and reading them a story and making apple slices, and it's all very wholesome. Whatever. Back to A plot. Um, that evening, Luz uh, comes to the library with M and Edric, or M, yeah, M and Edric. And uh, the Wailing Star comes through. Basically, what it does is enchants all of the books, and when you read them, they kind of come to life. Uh, this leads to all kinds of fun little chaos uh, throughout the library of just, like, doing different, like, book-based puns. Uh, but they also find the little storybook that um, Amity was reading to the kids earlier, and they draw an angry face on the rabbit protagonist. Uh, but Amity, nope, lose, uh, closes the book. Um, they then finally find uh, a secret alcove in the library Luz thinks that it is, in fact, M and Edric's uh, hideout, but no, apparently it's Amity's, and M and Edric are looking for Amity's diary. Uh, Luz does not want to help, uh, but then she sees that Amity is reading the Good Witch Azora book series that Luz is reading. Uh, hidden in there is Amity's diary. Uh, Luz finds it, tries to hide it from the twins, but unfortunately is unsuccessful. Uh, she, the twins' plan is to, like, take it and post pages up around the school to embarrass Amity, teach her a lesson for being kind of a, kind of a jerk and a snitch. Um, Luz is like, hey, listen, me and Amity don't get along, but this is really fucking mean, and I'm not gonna let you do it. A fight ensues, um, pages from the diary spill out, and this is when Amity arrives. Um, she gets mad at M and Edric. Uh, but is most mad at Luz calling her a bully. Uh, Luz uh, ditches the teens to go apologize to Amity when they are attacked by the big fucking bunny guy whose name I can't remember. Um, they are... Uh, oh, uh, Odebin. That's his name, Odebin. Um, they try and run from Odebin, but are eventually caught and kind of sewn into a book. Uh, through a series of, like, having to work together and some misadventures, Amity and Luz put everything uh, back together. Uh, as the morning comes, Amity and Luz are leaving the library. 
and Luz lets Amity borrow the fifth book in the Azura book series to try and make amends, and they tentatively form a relationship, uh, which Amity reluctantly accepts. As Luz returns home, she sees Ida and King curled up with all the babies. Um, the Bat Queen shows up to pick up her kids, gives them a load of fucking treasure, um, and an Aztec death whistle, I guess, for their troubles, uh, and leaves... Ida, uh, or Luz gives Ida a book on being an empty nester. Uh, she and King are very sad, sad wipe, sad wipe, sad wipe at the end. <laughs> uh, let's get the B-plot out of the way. <laughs> we are so unused to B-plots. I'm just like, okay, yep, this is happening, I guess. I, I didn't feel too bad about the B-plot, uh, this week, um... Because a haha, uh, it wasn't that intrusive, and b mm-hmm. I know it has payoff later, like plot yeah. related payoff yeah. later. So right, because we do get to see the Bat Queen again. Yeah, um, and like she she plays an important role in later events, and like it's important that she and Ida uh, know each other and are on friendly terms. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and also I think it helps to uh, after watching the wrong episode this week, I think it helps to inform a little bit of Ida character growth that we will see when we get to uh, something ventured someone framed. Mm-hmm. Uh, because like, you know, Ida is basically King's mom, right? Yeah. Um, and is slowly becoming like like a maternal figure to lose and i think it this kind of helps bring that care like her going from like uh care carefree and fanciful to being like a much more not an authority figure but like a protective mentor figure yeah and having you know taking some responsibility for herself and understanding what it's what it means to take responsibility for others right because but it's also not that deep <laughs> and that's it that's basically yeah and i mean like but it it was short and mm-hmm. so that was nice like i feel like with the uh, with like the b plot um in uh the uh uh hootie's moving hassle um that took up a disproportionate amount of time in the episode, yeah. I feel like, but this this yeah, episode it, struck a really good balance between a plot and b plot. Yeah, I think it was pretty solid. Um. Anyways, the library. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Lou's being just like a disaster bisexual is hilarious. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, like, oh, these <laughs> these hot teens are into me. <laughs> yeah. She just says something exactly like that, right? Yeah. Like, or she calls them cool teens are into me. Yeah. But that's, that's, that's the read I got on it is she's like, ooh, these, these older teens that I could potentially have a crush on, uh, are into me. And I mean, obviously I think later in the episode, like their, their actions preclude her developing a crush on either of them, but yeah, mm-hmm. she's she's basically like, ooh, these these hot older teens are into me. That's awesome. 
Um, I do think that uh, King, so early on King is like, I've been sucked into your awful fandom and it's just like, that's such a fucking mood. Um, (laughs) The writers, I mean, the writers know who the target audience of that joke is. Uh, It's true. And uh, they, they hit that mark. So that's fun. Um, I thought that there were some really cute uh, visual gags in the library. Um, Mm -hmm. Like the, the visual humor of the initial like loose going to the library and uh, wandering around and just having a grand old time. You know, the, the visual comedy there was really good. Uh, they even had keyboard cat. Uh, yeah. Which was adorable, I, I, even though that's, that's also, another old uh, meme. Right. I also very much like them gaslighting a man into having a full on mental breakdown. Yeah. It is great. <laughs> it's really good. I was watching this episode with Anya and uh, they were like, man, I wish uh, I wish I could res- respond to patrons the way the guy at the front desk responded to uh, lose. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the library itself is is really great. They do a great job establishing, you know, the kind of character like of the setting. Um, and there's some good environmental storytelling there. Mm hmm. Um, I also, um, I also deeply appreciate like the, the continued parallels between, uh, Luce and the good witch Azura, like, I mean, I don't think that, you know, you should necessarily model your behavior off of a book series that, that you enjoy, but, you know, up until this point, we've, we've kind of been seeing her model, uh, model things after the good witch Azura and so far it's working out for her. I do also like the sort of like evolution of like the relationship between Luz and Amity where Amity is like, you're a big fucking bully. Like you're mean to me. Like mm-hmm. you don't know me at all. And you just kind of came in and decided to ruin my fucking life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amity's, uh, really sympathetic in this episode, but they do a good job of striking that balance of like her attitude in general up until this point, And also making sure that we understand where she's coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, I do also like, um, that they like, cause like normally the like bully getting theirs, like getting their comeuppance, is, like, typically how one of these sorts of stories would, ho- like, handle things. And then, like, Luz being our, like, kind of moral center toward the twins being, like, well, no, like, it's it's one thing to, like, harmlessly prank somebody, but this is doing, like, serious, like, this would be doing serious damage to this person. hmm Yeah. And it's, it's really good... Because uh, 
the show, the, the narrative is very clearly on the side of what, uh, um, the twins want to do is wrong. Uh, Mm -hmm. and you know, it's, it's good to see that the, the show isn't endorsing the kind of like intrafamilial, uh, harm and trauma that often crops up and, you know, people think just because their family means that it's okay. So, yeah, exactly. You know, that's, that's always good to see. Um, I do appreciate, uh, the twins. And I think I said this the last time we watched these episodes or this episode, um, I do appreciate very much how the twins aren't like being shitty to lose, even though she's younger than them. Mm-hmm. Like they're not being mean to her. They're not like, I wouldn't say that they're actively manipulating her. Like they just, they're, they're very straightforward with what they want to do and you know, what they want her company for. Like, yeah. Um, you know, they're not trying to manipulate her. Like when we find out what they want to do, like they're not using her for that. Um, and even though we know they're in the wrong, it's like, they're not evil for what they're doing. Exactly. Like they're just like, they're just kids being kids. Mm hmm. Like, and, and and that doesn't necessarily mean their behavior is correct. And the show doesn't think that's correct because our moral, you know, our moral compass here lose is like, nah, fuck that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, you can also see like, hey, she's being really shitty to like everybody, you know, in their defense. You know, th- they put their defense up, mm-hmm. which they're not wrong, but. You know. There's part like partially. Like, when somebody's being shitty, to a certain degree, you know, fuck them, right? Like, if somebody is causing, like, legitimate damage to you, like, do, in fact, fight back, right? But that's not what Amity is doing. <laughs> um, and she does, like, you know, your, your, uh, your retaliation needs to be uh, more in line. <laughs> Don't go ruin somebody's whole life because they mildly inconvenienced you. Yeah. <sighs> um The snowball fight is great. It's adorable. More stuff like that. Love it. I do. Um I liked all of the like enchanted book shit. It's very fun. Yes. Yes, definitely. Um and it does a great job of showing like showing their individual personalities, I think. Um and uh, you know, just showing the way that Luce is a very playful person. Right. 
I also just generally love the twins. Yeah, the like, twins are the twins are great. Yeah, they've got big knife cat energy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And like I like they they will get more development as the series goes along, but like they're very fun just from the jump. Uh I also like that our trope is basically like they they're like how do we get them back on the same page ah they're trapped on the you know they are trapped in a situation where they must survive together they're literally <laughs> on the same page yep uh oh i didn't even note it that's probably a big pun that they worked into the whole thing <laughs> um yeah got to got to love the trope of like two rivals being thrown into a life or death situation with each other to make them grow closer like always always good shit um i do like uh the also like the book gift very nice um kind of like the like showing that Luz and Amity both kind of like have this same fictional characters, like sort of like a like a uh, like a role model is very good at, at like showing or, or getting our quote unquote bad guy onto the same page as our as our good guy. Mm -hmm. Smart stuff. Um. Especially because, uh, you know, again, because, you know, uh, the good witch Zora has her own rival Hecate. Yep. Uh, and I'm sure they'll like. What? I, uh, I'm going to say Hex Zora shippers probably in their universe, right? <laughs> this feels like the ship name. Yeah. 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 Hex Zora <laughs> sounds like an appropriate ship name. Although there could Giant. be there could be fandom wars about uh about the ship name. Um mm -hmm. especially like if it's anything like anime fandoms used to be back in the day where it's like the order of the the names in the ship uh affected like the the dynamics of the pairing and you had people who would uh who would get really huffy of about like Naru Sasu versus Sasu Naru. Uh, <laughs> back in like the Naruto fandom so you know it really just depends on the actual shape of the fandom but I think Hixora sounds like a, a pretty good ship name yeah I feel like who is do you think that loses the Hexora shipper or if it's Amity uh, Luz is definitely the Hexora shipper yeah it's true I feel like Amity Amity strikes me as the kind of fan who doesn't really do much shipping um i feel like she's the kind of person to do like meta about the text uh but she's not much of a shipper um she probably doesn't read much fanfic she's probably pretty satisfied with like the the text as it stands and doesn't do too much transformative engagement um meanwhile loose Luce and Steven are both like out there writing bunches of fanfic together. Um, 
shipping everything, uh, you know. That's just the impression I get. That's my analysis. Yeah. Seems about right, I think. <laughs> um, I think in season two, we get to meet, like, the writer of the, uh, of the Good Witch Zora series. Nice. Um, so that should be, I think that's in season two. Um. Alrighty. Do we have anything else about lost in language? Um. Let's see, is there any weird trivia? Uh, oh well um let's take a look and see what weird names this one got yes uh in portuguese it's called lack of communication Mm -hmm. (laughs) um in mandarin it's called turning foes into friends i mean pretty solid yeah fair Uh, the direct translation of the Japanese title is Magical Power of Letters. <laughs> also fair. Also, uh, the du- like the literal translation of the Dutch one is Outside the Booklet. <laughs> 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 the Polish one is pretty straightforward. It's just titled Library. <laughs> wow. It's just Biblioteca. <laughs> fair i mean none of these none of these are out there like they're all they're all extremely reasonable oh yeah i think the japanese is my favorite though yeah yeah well that one's pretty good um i like poland just cutting through the bullshit yeah library (laughs) what more do you need it's a library fuck it all right moving on to episode eight um some nope fucking goddamn it i had the wrong stupid i still had the wrong goddamn tab open fucking christ all goddamn mighty episode eight once upon a swap came out march 6th uh written by um charlie feldman uh rachel vine and dana terrace directed by uh amita diwali oh sorry DeWall. Sorry, I've been pronouncing it incorrectly every time. It's DeWall, not Diwali. Um, Diwali being a holiday, not a person's last name, I guess. Uh, anyways, a simple disagreement leads to a complex situation when Ida, King, and Luz triple down on a wager leading to many problems. What? I'm reading that again. A simple disagreement leads to a complex situation when Ida, King, and Luz triple down on a wager, leading to many problems. This sucks shit. Yeah. (laughs) It's, like, hard to follow. (laughs) 
They say the same thing twice in one sentence. Also, you could just call it like when they switch bodies. The name of the episode is Once Upon a Swap. Like, you're not hiding anything here. Yeah, I. I don't know. Um. Oh, I forgot that like each little episode, like each little like vignette. I do kind of like the so kind of the way the episode is structured is that like Luz King and Ida are all complaining about how hard their lives is and saying how everybody else's life is easy and they all switch bodies. Whatever. It's a body swap episode. Um, Body swap happens. It's kind of broken up into three chapters that eventually sort of all converge back. Uh, The first one being Ida's catastrophe. Um, Ida switches into King's body. um, And uh, basically everybody's like, oh God, you're so fucking cute. Here's candy and everything's nice. Uh, but she is abducted by two elderly ladies and held hostage in a cat cafe um, where uh, inevitably she will uh, lose her mind and turn into just a regular cat or something. On the other end, King switches with Luz um, to try and uh, subjugate all of the teenagers. He runs afoul of Basha, uh, taking over her crew, but Basha challenges him to a race over on Dead Man's Curve on giant rat worms. Um, This does not go super well for King as he crashes into Basha's shack and Basha and her friends all uh, are chasing him down inside of Luz's body. And then Luz's, Luz's deals in heels is the third sort of vignette because loses in Ida's body um, and trying desperately to control Ida's magic. Luz is selling all kinds of human garbage for money, uh, but runs afoul of the guards um, who try to arrest her. Uh, shit just go. And then also Lilith tries to like induct Ida into the emperor's coven and, um, Luz breaks free, eventually hooking up with King and Ida. Uh, They switch back into their bodies, all agree that, yes, uh, all of our lives are equally complicated. Um, Ida then condemns people to an everlasting hell by trapping them inside of the bodies of strangers. Uh, They escape back to the house uh, where Hootie desperately uh, needs a cleaning and no one wants to do it. Star wipe the end. So if you think that was fast for my usual descriptions, let me tell you, that's pretty much everything that happens in this episode. Yeah, so this is a filler episode. Truly. (laughs) I mean, it's fun and entertaining. Yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with filler episodes that Mm -hmm. are, you know, like you said, fun and entertaining. Like that just because it's a filler episode doesn't mean it's bad. It's just there's not a whole lot to it. Um, I have like four notes. Uh, yeah. Mostly being this can only end poorly and this definitely feels like filler. Um, yeah. Also, I don't feel like we learn anything new about any of the characters by doing the body swaps. Yeah, I mean, you know, they learn more about each other, but I don't know how much this actually affects, like, their attitudes going forward. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I shake. Think- at the end of this episode, Lilith is like, I'm no more. I'm not playing around with you anymore, Ida. And then in like three episodes, they're going to be playing like a, a pickup game of Grudgeby in fucking Ida's front yard. Yeah. So. I mean, I'm not mad about this episode. It was fine. It was easy yeah. to watch. It's funny. There's like lots of good little jokes. I love that Hootie's a weird fucking weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> like they really doubled down on Hootie being just an absolute fucking gremlin. Yeah, he's 20% mucus. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, like, you know, there's there's a good lesson about empathy and you know, trying to think about things from other people's perspectives and, uh, you know, what you think is the solution to, you know, sometimes people know the solutions to their own problems better than you can because you're not them. Right. But also they lampshade that at the end of this episode in like a dismissive way as though like they were somehow mandated to make this episode or something mm-hmm. and they didn't want to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Cause like the owl house does not does. It's not trying to be like Steven universe was where like, they're definitely trying to teach kids lessons, you know? Yeah. And like, I think Steven universe is a show up oh, going. Sorry. I think part of that's just because it definitely is an older target audience, but that doesn't mean that like it doesn't have morals that, you know, that it imparts by osmosis. Right. It's just not quite as like that, especially like early on in Steven Universe, it certainly feels like Steven Universe is trying to be like, and we're going to give kids like these tools to like move forward with. You know what I mean? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And the Owl House is not currently doing that. I think they do that through their storytelling, but they're like, you know, there's very, like, there's a moral, I guess, at the end of the episode in the sense that there's, like, a theme and an idea at the end of the the episodes. Mm -hmm. But not, uh, it's not, like, it's not that kind of thing, you know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Um... So, uh, the, the group body swap, does that count as a war crime? Oh, it's got to, right? Okay. Like, I'm sure it's not currently in the Geneva Convention, but, like, if, if magic could be done, I feel like, uh, permanently trapping, like, I, obviously the spell wears off or it can be undone in some way because like again like you know we just leave people in other people's bodies and we just don't come back to it you know mm-hmm. um but it's just it's got to be a war crime right okay so Ida is up to three war crimes in eight episodes good 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 um The trying to say, I just I do like that we get a little bit of background, I guess, on Lilith and the Emperor's Coven. Mm-hmm. And specifically that Ida wanted to be in the Emperor's Coven, you know, showing that there was some kind of, you know, Ida's made some kind of big change since since she was a kid. Yeah. 
Um. Yeah, I mean, body swap episodes are great. I love body mm-hmm. swap episodes. Uh, this one was really fun, but there's, I don't feel there's like, like there's a whole here. lot here. Yeah. And that's fine. Sometimes the show is just a show. Yeah. Yeah. Um,. I'm just like reading through trivia, seeing if there's anything fun here. Um, okay, apparently, according to her mugshot, um, when Ida's in her heels and with her tall hair, she's roughly seven foot six. Sweet. Um, though also the the trivia implies that like the boiling aisles could have a different way of ch- <laughs> of measuring things. Aw. Also, you were wrong. Uh, according to the trivia, Hootie is twenty five percent mucus. Oh, okay. I was yeah. I was in the ballpark. If it were Price's Right rules, I I could have won. Yeah, it's true. Um. Let's oh man, there's some really f- weird ones in here. Mm-hmm. So Portuguese, uh, take care of my life. <laughs> um, uh, Mandarin is fantastical body swapping spell, like extremely straightforward. Yeah. Um, in Hebrew, it translates to "there was a replacement." <laughs> There sure was, buddy. There mm-hmm. sure was. Apparently in Dutch, the direct translation of the Dutch one is once upon a swap. Okay. Huh. Um, in Russian, it's risky exchange. And then uh, Turkish is there was once a change. <laughs> <laughs> so. Fun times. That's, I mean, I got nothing else about this. It was fine. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't bad. It's just there's nothing to talk about. Like, I'm not mad about it. Like, you know, sometimes an episode is just a fucking episode. Yeah. I feel like maybe if I had better uh, media analysis chops, like, maybe I could find something uh, interesting to say about it. But beyond, like, the... I mean... I, I went to college message. to learn to to dissect media. <laughs> so I, I think you're doing fine. Um, let's see. Uh, I saw a video on youtube that came across i forgot to watch it to vet it um but it was an episode talking about disability and the owl house and then specifically media uh, like ida mm-hmm. uh, i was i meant to watch it so i could send it to you and just like i don't know how much you care about spoilers 
for this particular series. So I, I was going to watch it first. Yeah. I do care about spoilers, so. Okay. I imagine it probably had spoilers because it came out like like a you know month ago or something like that. So well mm-hmm. after the uh, the end of the series. Yeah. Um, we, uh, August and I are bad at questions. Yeah, super, we really are. Super fucking bad at it. So, I mean, if I you're listening, yeah. I remembered to ask before we started recording about three hours before we started recording. Right. That's so. not, that's. <laughs> It's better than while we're recording, like we have been recently. Yeah. <laughs> the only podcast to get worse at doing the podcast as they do it. Um, that's yep. that's the, the gay space rocks guarantee. Yep. Um, though we did get a couple of comments afterwards. Uh, uh, basically, Izzy. Um, Izzy venerated uh, August's uh, Gara X Rockley um, shipping. So that's good. Yep. Uh, my response was something, something intricate rituals, something, something Rockley was the first person to actually touch Gara in years. Um, you know, like you do. Um, Speaking of which, you should join our Discord because if you have questions, we might have answers. And our Discord is a really great way to uh, ask questions. Although I'm a little conflicted because I've been seeing some discourse about like the the existence of Discords as a primary means of interacting with Mm -hmm. people, uh, especially in regards to like projects and fandoms and stuff versus you know uh the old school forum days but there's no way that a forum could support the kind of community that we've built and yeah like i mean i think discord discord the the format of a discord is like the natural evolution of like ircs and forums i feel like it really is but at the same time it's like it's a walled garden that can Mm -hmm. be difficult to search And can be difficult, like, if you are interested in a project and somebody on that project has a grudge against you and you join the Discord, that could put you in a vulnerable position, Um, whereas having a public-facing forum to search would, you know, is a a better for, uh, for most people involved. But then you get into, like, the moderation side of things and, you know, the heavy lifting it's Discord I feel is like easier people, to moderate. Yeah, I feel like people don't remember how much of a nightmare forums were as far as moderation goes. Yeah. It's, um <laughs> It's it's something that I'm deeply conflicted about because I can see both sides, but mm-hmm. like you know, that doesn't stop our community from being really great and Discord being the the easiest way to interact with us and the community that we've built. So, 
Yeah. I do, like, I have, I think you can, can you make your Discord searchable? Uh, I think you can make Discords public, but I don't think that we should. No, I don't, I'm not, no. <laughs> but, the we're and not as far par- as, like, yeah. Because, like, I'm in a ton of Discords, right? Like, I've got, like, a fucking, I mean, I don't follow literally all of them. Like some of them I just kind of occasionally pop into or like I, I stay in to get like announcements like I, I don't participate in the, the friends at the table discord, but I I still keep it around in case I need like. um uh, Oh, Jesus Christ, I clicked on the 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 friends at the table discord and this is the first image that I saw August. I've got to send it to you so that you can feel this pain that is coursing through my body now. Oh boy. Uh you're you're caught up on um partisan, right? Yeah, I I'm Okay. fully Then you will up then you will know what's ha- the then what you will know what this is. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. <laughs> um, yeah, it's So I guess I'm going to leave the friends at the table Discord now for making me see this, <laughs> but um been a good run. Um yeah. But yeah, like I don't pay attention to like all of them. I mean, I haven't, uh, I have not participated in the, uh, fucking Solarium in a long time. Like the, the, uh, Blazeball server I was in for a while. Um, but like, you know, it's fun. Yeah. It um, certainly feels like fucking a forum most of the time. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's, it's the natural evolution of, converging forums with irc chat Mm -hmm. Um, and i do think like by putting like a full bottleneck like because like because discord allows you to like with the seer like with the system of like roles and shit like that like allows you to sort of like bottleneck how people get into servers it's not that like that's one of the reasons why i've been contemplating putting like us more make us more searchable uh just simply because like we have that we have that sort of like airlock set up that will they'll we can always like shut the fucking we can always pull the big switch and shut it down because they'll just they'll all pile up there very quickly yeah but i mean Mm -hmm. that doesn't i don't think there's a way to make discord externally searchable um which is another, you know, another problem with mm-hmm. like the walled garden scenario. But I mean, you know, that the point remains, we have a discord. It's really great. You should join it if you're so inclined. Um, ask us questions. Yeah. Ask us questions before we. Please. Ask for questions. Please just. Yeah. Just we're ask not questions. We need we need your help, dear listener. And we know there's more there's more of you. I know that I constantly joke that we only have like three listeners ever, but we've actually our listenership has actually grown, uh, has been steadily going up. Um, I mean, we're still not like we're we're, we may be uh, we may be the Internet's foremost uh, podcast about Steven Universe watching the Owl House. Um, (laughs) But we're, you know, we're not doing Joe Rogan numbers over here. No. Um, if you want to talk those Spotify, hit me up, I guess. Uh, 
Um, if there's a show that I will set like I'll sell out, it's probably this one. It's the easiest one to sell out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Fair. Next thing you know, you'll be hearing from us about HelloFresh. Mm-hmm. I listen, if they want to send me free food, fuck it. Like get some um, sleep on a nectar mattress. I do need it. See, here's the thing, August. I need food and a new bed. <laughs> well shit, we'd better get on those sponsorships. <laughs> Can you imagine us doing ad reads? Yes, and it's awful. <laughs> uh, All right. Um, we should we should probably talk about the things that we talk about in our outros. Yeah. Yeah, it's time time to time to bounce. Um yeah. though also, by the way, like when it comes to wall, I think walled gardens might be whatever the next stage of social media is. I mean, it's already there. Like Facebook I, I is guess a walled so, yeah. garden. Instagram is a walled garden. T- Twitter's mm-hmm. turning into a walled garden. Tumblr's turning into a walled garden. I mean, t- I don't think Twitter's going to survive the transition. I don't think so either, but like, um, it's happening. Yeah. Like, we're already But like there. kids, like kids, and when I say kids, I mean like, I guess Gen Z or what have you. Like teens, kids who are teens right now. Um, don't like they're not getting on tw- like they're not getting on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. Like they're just like sticking to most of them are basically on TikTok and Discord. And that's like basically all they do. Yeah. Which is probably better. <laughs> uh, TikTok is not great. Yeah. If TikTok wasn't there, I would be more supportive i feel like tiktok seems like a might be a nightmare um just because algorithm uh will loop turn turn it's like uh it's like that one um weird horror manga with the spirals but like as an algorithm yeah anyways what how's ftl doing (laughs) august um, by the time you let li- you're listening to this, the next, uh, the next episode of FTL, uh, FTL presents will begin the, uh, conclusion of our current arc of F- of FTL presents. Um, I'm still on the fence about whether or not I'm going to drop the 30 K live stream in the feed. Um, just because of scheduling, mm-hmm. uh, problems and stuff. I'm feeling quite a bit of a crunch on, uh, the uh release of uh arc five but I mean, uh it means but your yeah. show you can do whatever the fuck you guys want like <laughs> i know but but the uh the conclusion of the current uh the current mini campaign is nigh uh mm-hmm. and it's a it's a real banger nice um, nice nice so at least so far we haven't finished it but the first part's a real mm-hmm. banger so um Shit is getting popped. Shit has finally fully popped off over at Rumor yeah. Pod. Uh-huh. <laughs> we have reached, like, we have done the thing that I was, de- like, I was trying to get us to do. Like, when I envisioned this season, it was like, what if True Blood was written by Cormac McCarthy? And I think we have finally gotten there. Yeah. With the interpersonal bullshit. Like, we are at peak CW levels here. It's good shit. Mm-hmm. 
and it gets like it'll like we have recorded the session that comes after what you've heard and it's going to get wilder. I'm excited. Mm hmm. Um, me pretending to be the entire cast is very fun. <laughs> um, dumb kids. Do we talk? I don't know. We don't normally talk about dumb kids, but mm-hmm. it's at the top of my mind because the finale is is looming large. Yeah, I don't. Do people know that though? This is going to be the first talk of like, yeah, we're we're moving, we're trucking toward the end. Yeah, we're we're trucking towards the em- end of Dumb Kids Playing Hero. Uh, yeah. If you are into Animorphs and actual plays and you somehow are listening to this show and don't already listen to Dumb Kids Playing Hero. Yeah, I um, think this episode. Hold on a second. Let me take a look. I've got Reaper open. Yeah. Yeah, this next episode, I think, is going to be... Yeah, I think this next episode is going to be the last the last episode of that recording session. So that big twist is coming. Oh, boy. you know, the one I know the one. So, yeah. So good times. Good times mm-hmm. all around. <sighs> um, Escafil file. Have they are they done? Um, they're reading the Elemis Chronicles, I think, but I, I think they've what dropped is this? the episode. What is the Elemis Chronicles? Is this a real book? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm assuming so. I'm assuming Danielle didn't write a thing whole cloth to make Jade read to pretend that it's Animorphs related. Um, so I'm assuming it's. It would be thing. hilarious if, if Danielle pulled off some kind of like large complex like gaslighting of jade um no yeah it looks like it is a real book (laughs) um but uh i think the the escafil files for the finale has released or is about to release it's been recorded (laughs) it's been recorded the Mm -hmm. the final books have been recorded so um, you can buy the Kindle edition of the Elmbus Chronicles for $3.99. Nice. Paperback for $12. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where that's at. Um, maybe one day, now that I'm, like, my classes that have been keeping us from our regular recording schedule will end this week. So maybe August and I can finally uh, make good on our promise to start the streaming again. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, well, that's, I think that's about it. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure I went last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. yeah okay oh uh next time sorry i don't i don't think i said what so next time we're going to be covering episodes um we will be covering episodes nine and ten something ventured someone framed and escape of the palisman 
Um, oh, hey, we get that fucking foreshadowing of the Bat Queen pays off literally next time. Nice. So, um. Yeah. Uh. That's it. All right. So, uh, dear listener, I implore you uh, to please be like Cookie Cat and have more substantial B plots. <laughs> Peace. Peace.